Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Welcome everybody. How wonderful is it to be in church? How wonderful to be in the presence of God. (laughs) Praise God. Welcome and great to have you all here. And for those who are tuning in through Facebook or YouTube or wherever, from whichever social media way, welcome to you as well. We are so glad to be ministering to you at this time. We are so blessed and privileged to be here at the time. Just some very quick announcements. Uh, Wednesday evening is Remnant Rising. We're going to be praying here in church, and we will also broadcast it live on Facebook. And um, we are going to push in because God is saying that this is a time that the church must return to prayer. It's a time that the church must tune in again. So if you can't get here, join us on Facebook, but allow God to put you into a place of worship, to put you into a place of ministry to you. Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. On Thursday evening, the 17th, uh, VIP 5 continues with session 3, and the Inner Healing and Deliverance course continues on Saturday, the 19th, VIP 2, here at the church. So join us on Saturday morning for that. Then what is happening on Thursday, the 24th? (laughs) It is Heritage Day. And we are going to have an open-air picnic, bring your own food with, and uh, there will be place on the grass, and we'll play some music, and we are going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate our heritage and celebrate being together on the Thursday, the 24th of September. And what is happening on the 27th? Full open service with anybody welcome. I'm really trusting our president that before the 27th, we will be fully open and allowed to use at least 50% of our capacity of the building and um, trusting God that he'll keep on whispering in the president's ear and saying, it's time to let my people go. It's time to let my people come to worship. And uh, we are going to have a very great time on the 27th. For next Sunday, we are inviting those who want to serve in Frontline in any form of volunteer to come in, and uh, you must have done at least VIP 1, as well as the Deliverance um, Ministry, VIP 2. If you've done that, then come and join our serving team, because God is going to do great things in Frontline over the next while. And we are going to need a bigger team to achieve what God has called us for. Amen. 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 I was sitting outside this morning after I prepared, after I typed out everything, and um, just having my morning coffee and just enjoying the outside sunshine. And isn't it wonderful that we can now sit outside again early morning? It's not too cold anymore. And I just had such a sense that right through my life, God has been there. God had been there every single step of the way. 
And I can tell you so many times that was critical moments in my life that were watershed moments that I thought, this is the end of this road. And I didn't know how the next step would work. And then God intervenes. And then a little bit further, there's another opportunity, and God intervenes again and again and again. And whenever I felt that he has left me or he's not there and he doesn't care, those are the very moments that became the greatest moments. That's the very moment that I actually had an encounter with him. Oh, I don't know which one to choose to tell you about, but I'll tell you at 18 years old, my mom and dad had some issues in their marriage, and my dad, le- well, my mom left home for a period. And I was in hostel as a, a matric grade 12 student, and the March holidays come up, and both my parents arranged to come and pick me up to spend the March holiday with them. Suddenly, I have to make a choice between which one am I going to spend the holiday with, and I have no idea how to make a choice. I have no idea how to tell either of them I'm not coming to you for the holiday. They hadn't got divorced yet, but they were separated. So what did a clever boy do? Serving Jesus and in love with Jesus and having that, he decides to run away from home. So the day before school ended, we wrote my last exam, and I packed my little bag, and I hiked away from George to Otsuren, and um, trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life. I'm not going to finish school, but I'm never going to face my parents again. I thought I had a great plan. And um, so I went to go watch a movie and got back in the evening. And now I've got a little rondavel that I'm staying in in a caravan park in Otsuren. And God starts speaking to me. You're obviously messing up. You've made some mistakes. You need to repent you need to sort this out. So I kneel down next to my bed and I repent of running away. And I said, God, if you have a plan how to sort out this mess, I'm trusting you. And I get up off my feet. And that very moment, I look out of the window of the Rondavel and my mom and dad is driving past. At the very moment after I repented, as I got up, they were right there. They had been in that camp earlier in the day while I was watching the movie and they'd left and driven all over looking for me and they came back not I signed in under a false name so they didn't know I was there but they were looking for me and they came back and they were at the very moment at the place when I got up off my knees and I looked out the window they were passing the window at that moment and they got in and we had a talk about it and they reconciled and sorted their stuff out and got back together. And because of me running away, and they had got together to go looking for me together. But what I'm saying is that God was there in my moment of crisis. The moment I turned back to him, he was there. And I can tell you at least a hundred stories like that, where something happened. And I think God's nowhere in this picture. And I call upon him, and he's there. And he answers, and he responds. And so my word for you today is, first of all, that Jesus has been there, 
and he will be there, whatever you face in life. Now, today we're talking about serving. The Ministry of Helps are here, and we are talking about reopening the church and functioning again. So I want to talk about why do we serve? Why do we do what we do? And we'll start in John 13, and from verse 1. It was just before the Passover celebration. Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. It was time for supper, and the devil had already enticed Judas, son of Simon, to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. I was looking for ministry about service, but wherever there was, Jesus was speaking about service, he was also talking about betrayal. It was just, I didn't want to talk about betrayal, but every time that he was talking about serving him, he spoke about betrayal as well. Keep it up for me there. Let's carry on. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had to come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped the towel around his waist. It is the moment where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples as he knew that the time for his sacrifice came out. The last thing he wanted to show his disciples was a serving attitude. Let's carry on. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And um, I want to talk about that process that Jesus was willing to serve his disciples. It is never, ever, ever in church about position. It is never, ever about title. It is always about putting the towel around yourself, getting on your knees, and washing the feet. It's always about service. Number one, and so the reason we serve is because Jesus served. And then we know that he came to Simon Peter who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus says, yes, you do not realize that what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter said, no, you're never going to wash my feet. And um, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You see, there's a process of serving and allowing Jesus to minister to us that puts us in the right standing with God. And um, then Jesus has this whole discussion with Peter about that it's only his feet that needs to be washed. And verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also wash one another's feet. He did that to show us this one thing, that church and function and serving is about serving each other. It's about getting down on your knees and not be worried about who you are. If Jesus can bow down in front of his disciples to serve them, how much more can we serve the church of Jesus? How much more can we take away our dignity and saying we are going to lay down who we are and become feet washers? Now I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also wash one another's feet. 
I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So serving always comes out of that place where we're saying our Lord and teacher was willing to serve. And that is why we are willing to serve. So in a way, this is also an appreciation service where we say to those that are serving, we appreciate you, we love you, and church will not function without you guys. It's easy to get somebody to stand up here and preach. But to get all of the surrounding processes, the social media, the cameras, the sound, the music, that doesn't just happen by somebody that gets up here in the morning. That gets, happens through hard work in the week, through process after process, the gardens, the car park, the building itself. Everyone is doing their part to make it work. And this is a call for us to rally together, to saying, wow, we see how Jesus did it, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And that means it's a privilege for us to also do the same. And I want to go to the Old Testament. This is the time of opening the church. So we're going to look at 2 Chronicles 29 um, from verse 1, Hezekiah. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. I don't know if I can take on that responsibility. And he reigned for 29 years. And then they talk about his mom. But he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign and in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And that's exactly where we are now. We are busy opening the doors again. We are busy repairing what is broken in the church. We are in a process of putting things in order again. Then he brought the priests and the Levites and he gathered them in the east square. He brought those that were serving. Isn't that what we're doing today? We brought those that are serving together. And he said to them, hear me, Levites. Now sanctify yourself and sanctify the house of the Lord your God of your fathers, and carry out rubbish from the holy place. This is a call when we want to open the doors that we have to get rid of everything in our life that doesn't belong to there. And the first thing that I want to challenge us on is any form of offense. We need to deal with anything that is, he called it rubble and rubbish in this verse, We need to deal with all the rubbish that's in our life before we step foot inside here to serve. Before we saying, I want to take this further, we have to say, Lord Jesus, take time to cleanse me. How do we cleanse ourselves? We go on our knees, Lord, forgive me, and we get up and we want to go on with our life. These guys cleansed themselves for nine days. For nine days, they bathed. (laughs) For nine days... They kept on cleaning ourselves. And verse 10, and Hezekiah says, For now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his fears of wrath might turn away from us. My sons, don't be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that you should minister to him and burn incense. We're using a little bit of different translation there, but I want to say you are chosen for this work. You are chosen to serve. You have been 
called to be diligent. Um, yeah. He said, my sons, do not be negligent now. We cannot relax about this function. We can't say, but it's all happening and I'm just doing my part and it's the same as what I did last year. We need to say, God, I'm tuning in to what you've got for me and I'm going to do it with all I have. And for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him. Then they give a name of all the Levites. I won't go through that, but I would just replace it by all of your names. And then they gathered their brethren, sanctified themselves, and went according to the commandment of the king at the word of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord. You see, the temple had been closed for a while. It had been sealed. All the lamps had been switched off. And it became just a place of dirt and rubbish and things gathered there that wasn't supposed to be there. And God is calling his church back and saying, take some time to cleanse it. Take some time to take the debris out. Get rid of that which doesn't belong within the church. And by the church, I mean us. I don't mean that there's rubble lying around here. That has already been done. What we need to be, we need to each one of us look inside of us and say, God, is there anything in my life that is stopping me from serving the way you've called me? Is there anything inside of me that is causing me to be in a difficulty as far as serving? All right. And um, then they talk about how they cleanse themselves for days and eight days and on the 16th day. So... We'll jump to verse 20. Then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city, and went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought again offerings. So we didn't do an offering this morning specifically because I want it to come from your heart when God lays upon your heart a time of sowing. But the process of opening the temple immediately led to offerings being brought. It was just a natural response. When he called them to come together to worship, they brought an offering. It wasn't even an ask or an instruction. It just came from the heart. And that is what I want to happen here. And we won't go into how they offered because we'll be here for the whole day. Verse 25. Can I have uh, T-Bobs and Brandon up, please? And he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with stringed instruments, and with harps, according to the commandment of David. You see, he knew that you cannot open the temple without worship. You cannot open that which God is doing without being in a state of worship. So I'm going to let you guys just play for us for a minute or two and allow God to just speak to you as... God is restoring worship. God is putting it in place again. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, we restore to this house worship. But true worship, not just music. Worship that comes from the heart. Worship that is a lifestyle. Thank you, Lord God. 
stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with stringed instruments, with harps, according to the commandment of David, of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet. You see, the prophetic has to be re-established when you open the doors again. Mama has been appointed as the church's prophet, and we are going to see the prophetic operate in a way like we haven't seen in Frontline. Because God is busy establishing every function of the fivefold ministry within the place. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah commanded them to offer the burnt offering on the altar. And they began. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord also began. <laughs> spontaneous worship just burst out and they just started worshiping as they brought the offerings as the doors were opening as the cleansing started happening and as everybody was put in their position something happened and people started bringing offerings and the song of the Lord sounded through the whole place Whoa. and when they had finished offering the king and all who were present with him bowed and worshipped can you imagine that moment? He had brought all the officials of the city. He had brought the Levites. He had brought the, prof brought the prophets and put them all in place. And suddenly worship just started rising up. Worship both in song and in offering. It was just flowing. And God was just showing himself. Moreover, the king... Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Oh, Lord God, there's something coming. There's a moment coming where spontaneous worship will just come forth. Not because we're setting it up, not because we're trying to build it up, but it's just flowing from the inside. When things are in place, when things are open, worship just follows automatically. We cannot stand in the presence of God without worshiping. In verse 31 it continues, So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thanks offerings, as many as were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. God never asks you to serve. God never asks you to give out of compulsion. He's never asking you to do anything because you have to. God is wanting to change your heart 
until you're doing it from a willing heart, until you're doing it because it's what you want to do, because it's where you are. When church becomes a schlep and something that you have to do in a religious act because it's what you do on Sundays, then the worship becomes strained and dead. And we're not that. We don't want to be in that place. We call ourselves frontline. Do you know in bush warfare what the front line is? People walk through the bush in two lines like this, about 20 to 30 meters spaced apart, 10 people this way and 10 people that way. But 100 meters in front of them, there's two people walking called the front line. They right out in the front. They right out separated from the rest. They're the ones who are exposed. They're the ones who will take the first fire. They're the ones that will find the enemy before anybody else. Frontline is not just a name. It is a being of saying, we are the forerunners who goes ahead to make sure everybody else is safe, who makes sure everybody else has a way to tread in. We figure out where's the right place to cross the road, where's the right place to cross the river, where's the right place to cross the exposed area. That is what the front line means by its in warfare. And we are in warfare at this time in the world. Everything is trying to shut down Christianity. The church is getting blamed for so many things. But God is saying, who's going to be the ones that can lead in the front? Who's going to be the ones that says, I'm stepping out here. I might be at risk, but I've been called to walk in the front. I've been called to step up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, put the things in place that needs to be in place. Remove what needs to be removed, Father God. If there's any debris left in our lives, if there's any rubbish left, remove it, Lord God. If there's anything that is hampering the worship of Jesus, remove it, Lord Jesus. Remove it, remove it, remove it. So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thanks offering. And as many as of, of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. And the number of burnt offerings which the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams and 200 lambs. And all these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. The consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. But the priests were too few. Who knows that we are too few to do what we are called to do? Who knows that around you there's positions open that needs to be filled? But the priests were too few. Therefore their brethren, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended, until the other priests had sanctified themselves. I want to declare prophetically that there will be added those that will come and help carry the burden. There will be added those to fill the gaps that have been left. Lord Jesus, we believe the story of Hezekiah is a prophetic place where frontline is at the moment as we are opening the doors again we are knowing that help is coming help is coming and God is at this time calling those that are being sent here to help 
in Jesus' name. You are calling them from across the world. For the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. We need to be diligent in processing that which in our life which doesn't belong there. And the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat of the peace offering and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. I want to say that our lease year ends in March. Six months away. What is God going to do in the next six months? See that last verse there. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. This is a time of setting in order. This is a time of setting in order and allowing God to come and re-establish that way that it was. Won't everybody that has ever been involved in worship on this stage come onto the stage quickly? Daniel, join us. Leave the camera. Come and join us. Oh, Jesus, quickly. God is setting the worship in place in this place. God is setting each one of you into place. And God is adding to you that which is needed. And I'm prophesying over the worship team of Frontline. Raise your hands to God and saying, God, I receive the prophecy of being set in order. I'm receiving the prophecy that every gap that is left here, the piano player, those that should be playing on here in many different forms of symbols and all kinds of things, God is sending them in to replace and re-strengthen and put it all the way it should be. Father God, we are expecting the words that were prophesied about songs being sung from here and CDs being released and everything happening. We're calling upon those words, Lord God, and we are re-establishing them in the heavenlies. And we say nothing has changed on the word that God has spoken. Nothing has shifted on what Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit, come and add to us that which is needed. In Jesus' name, from the technology side and the media side, God is going to send help. God is going to send help. He's going to send help. God is going to send and multiply that which you have already done. That which you have already put in place. God is going to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. This stage is too small for what God is going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Prophet Mandy, mom, come and minister to us. Can you guys see the process that we are in? The same process as what Hezekiah and them were. That this is a time of setting in order that which has fallen out of order. You know, Dad speaks about the burnt offering. That we bring the burnt offering. But sometimes it's our lives that are the burnt offering. 
sometimes that is the sacrifice that God wants is our lives that are the burnt offering I had to wrestle with God there was times when I was facing my illness when I was fighting for my life when there was times in the business and times in church where I didn't want to the cost was too high and I said God I can't and then God takes me to his word John 21 verse 15 to 20 when they had finished eating Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these yes Lord he said you know I love them Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. When I'm confronted by who Jesus is, and I tell him, I love you, Lord. All I hear, ringing in my spirit, is take care of my sheep. All I hear ringing in my heart is, if you love me, feed my sheep. Sometimes the burnt offering of your life costs you more than what you know. But when I look into his face and I look at him and he says, Mandy, Feed my sheep, love my sheep, care for my lambs. Then my answer is yes, God. You see, when you respond to his love, that servant heart, he took off his robe of glory, he took off his rights. He took off everything and he loved by serving. Love leads to love. Love leads to restoration. The epidemic of COVID, the pandemic of COVID has broken many people in more ways than one. It has cost more than what most people would ever know for many, many. But I want to tell you this, that as we are going into this new season, the God of restoration is about to break forth. God is in control.
It doesn't matter what you are facing. This I want to tell you. God will restore. God will restore. Because the same God that took off his robe and knelt at the feet of the disciples and washed their feet is the same God that by his spirit today is washing your feet. And he says what he washes, he washes you clean. Then go and do likewise. You see, love, an act of love leads to sanctification and love leads to worship he loved us he first loved us and we receive that love now I want to say to you church go love others it's time this church is having a change this church is not about a feel-good little club. This church is about introducing Jesus Christ, the lover of our souls, the one who gives us the ability to lead, to walk, to survive, to win. That is our testimony. Our job as believers is not just to serve here. Our job as believers is to serve Him by loving people wherever we are. How do you love? By being nice to them? Yeah. You love by introducing them to Jesus Christ. If you meet somebody and you don't know if they're going to heaven or not, and you have not mentioned Jesus, there's something wrong with your love for God. Jesus says, will you serve? Will you love me? Feed my sheep. We need to reach out to the lost sheep. He loves them. And our job, the Bible speaks about, we have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. I'm telling you now, to tell somebody, do you know what happened to me? What Jesus has done in my life? How he took my hurt? People will listen because the world out there is hurting. So as you serve Him, as you wash the feet of Jesus with your life, with your sacrificial giving, with serving in His house, serving His people, and serving those that maybe don't deserve it, those that have hurt you, wash their feet. You know, when Jesus washed the feet, he even washed the very one that betrayed him. It's about his love. His love. 
Nothing disqualifies you from the accepting and receiving the love of the Savior. His love is bigger. His love is, love is bigger. His love is bigger than the hurts. His love is bigger than the failures. His love is bigger than sin. His love is bigger. And in this day, this season, the Word of God goes out. Will you lay your life down as a bird sacrifice and serve me, says God, in my house, my people, my sheep? It's the season for serving. It's the season. You know, the scripture I had, Um, I'm not sure of the reference now. But there was a pull beyond price. There was that pull beyond price. And the Bible speaks about how this man gave everything to receive that pull beyond price. I'll make decision to give everything for that pearl beyond price because I looked into his eyes I looked into his eyes and he is worth it I want to ask Logan quickly to come here she's got a word for the church and I want to release her as my daughter During worship, I saw fire like on, on the day of Pentecost come over everyone's heads. And I was like, oh, what does this mean, God? And he said that he wants every single person to get a fresh revelation of his love and he's coming with a blanket to cover you on a personal basis to let you know his commitment of love toward you he's chasing after you and it's not about your pursuit of him it's about his pursuit of you wants to wrap his he's wrapping himself around you and this fire is the love of God the refining fire that burns away everything that's not of him and it's not painful it's beautiful it's beautiful and he's turning our eyes back to Yeshua back to Jesus the lover of our souls the pearl of great prize He's shifting our perspective out of what is happening in front of us and back into Him because He is everything. He is everything. So just receive, receive His love for you today. Amen. You see, as you experience His love, what do you want to do? What is the natural thing? You want to bow down and worship. In response to His love, because He first loved you, you want to serve. You want to give. Ah, He loves you. 
He loves you. I want to now officially close the service for our viewers. And I want to tell our viewers that Jesus has got you. And where you are, serve Him. Serve your churches. Serve your pastors. Serve your community. And serve the lost sheep who don't yet know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, I release a blessing right now. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to show your love to people. And they will respond by serving you. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never encountered the love of this Jesus, then I want to say to you today, today is your opportunity. I want to introduce you to this Jesus who leaves his glory, who takes off his entire identity as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and comes down to wash your feet because he loves you. Won't you pray with me? Won't you say this simple prayer with me? If you want to meet this Jesus, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Wash me inside out. Forgive my sins. I repent and I turn away from doing sin. Lord Jesus, fill my heart with your love. In Jesus' name, I now am a child of God. And I will serve you, Jesus. And I will follow you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I believe there is somebody that is watching the live service that has said, but I did know Jesus, but I got disappointed. I did give my life to him, but it feels like it didn't work for me. God is saying he's calling you back. He has been there right through everything you've faced, through all of your disappointments, through all of the people that let you down through everything that didn't work for you. He has been there and He is calling you back. He is right now saying to you, I know you and I know your pain and I am calling you back in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great time. We'll see you next week. If you don't tune in on Wednesday night for Remnant Rising, tune in next week and we will continue with this. And God is opening the churches worldwide in this time. This is the time of Hezekiah. Amen. God bless. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.